We stand in honor of the reading of God's word to us from Matthew, the first chapter. Now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, took place this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just as he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him For he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son. And Joseph named him Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated as we sing. Stir up our hearts, Lord Jesus, and come and speak your word of love. Brothers and sisters, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Four weeks, four weeks we've been coming at you with the same question, what can't wait? What can't wait? Are you sick of it yet? Why do you think we keep coming to you with this question about what can't wait? Well, I have a personal interest in that. And I think part of it is that because the church, our church, for all of our good intentions and the church around the world, has messed up the message. Which is why we have to keep asking the question, what can't wait? Because we have messed up the message of the good news of Jesus Christ that doesn't come with any strings attached to it. And yet, I think over time we've added lots of strings to that good news. And it's not really good news anymore. So instead of saying that love can't wait, we've been saying love can wait by adding expectations and strings to this Good, good news. Here's an example. Uh, a while ago, I was home at my parents' home, and they had a, 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 a newsletter, a family newsletter, some people that had done some genealogy, right? 
I didn't do the work. I just read the newsletter. <laughs> and as I'm reading through the newsletter, I discovered, um, and I knew for most of my life, that I was half Iowan. It's just kind of how it is. Luckily, you have a full-blooded Iowan pastor. That's Pastor Raya. She's full-blooded Iowan. But uh, as I was reading through this, I discovered that my grandfather on my dad's side, his grandfather, actually farmed down by Letcher, South Dakota. Well, I got some South Dakotan in me anyway. Right? And it was interesting. Here's Trinity Lutheran down by Letcher, South Dakota. My grandfather's grandfather is buried in this cemetery. And as I got into the story a little bit more, there's only one comment about Grandpa Ben in the whole thing. One comment only, and this is it. That the family used to have to bring a horse to town to put Grandpa Ben over after a long night at the bar on the weekends. That's the tweet. <laughs> That's the story. That's, I mean, they made it all the way over from Norway in a boat. <laughs> And here we are, right, putting him over a horse. And I didn't know whether to laugh or to cry when I saw that was the only comment left about Grandpa Ben, right? But I think the truth is, and maybe my family may be like yours, is that they were pretty much powerless when it came to alcohol. And what happened was that every man of that side of the family, of every generation, was taken by drink and crumpled into a ball and then discarded onto the floor. And that shame and that open secret about my family was hard because they didn't feel like church was a place that they were welcome. Because there was some teaching, there was some word that came from the church or from the Bible that they thought they heard that said that if you can't keep your shirt tucked in, your name clean, your kids quiet, and your act together, you were not welcome in the church. Friends, I gotta ask, how did we ever get it so wrong? And so for generations, my family has never felt like they've been welcome in the church because of that message that has gotten to them. And so I wonder today, for this fourth Sunday of Advent, when we're saying that love can't wait, maybe what can wait is our judgment about other people's families and the struggles that they've gone through. Because as we look at the Holy Family today, we see some challenges and struggles that they went through as well. And I wonder if there's some good news to be found, even for my family today. It's interesting as we get into the story, usually at Christmas time, we either hear from Matthew or from Luke. Luke lifts up Mary. Mary is front and center. She's the one who connects with her cousin Elizabeth, and they share the, the process of being pregnant together. We hear from Mary, she sings this beautiful song about how God lifts up the lowly and helps people who are struggling. But Matthew, well, Joseph is front and center. 
Joseph is front and center. And what do we hear about him in the midst of this? Well, the birth of Jesus took place like this. Before they came to the marriage bed, Joseph discovered she was pregnant. Who is the she? Mary. What's the problem here? (laughs) Right? It's not too many generations back in this community, our community, right? Where if someone was to start doing the math about when someone got pregnant before they got married, (laughs) wouldn't we start asking some real pointed questions? Wouldn't we be having some side conversations? And that shame and that kind of negative energy there, well, it's same was true for what would gone on in um, Jesus' day too. That same pressure was there too. And so they started wondering, right? Is what, what do we do about that then? Well, what do we learn about Joseph is too is that the scripture calls him righteous. That he really tried to understand his faith. He tried to look to his faith for guidance through life's most pressing issues. He was a religious guy. He came to church as best he could. He tried his best, right? And here he was confronted with the girl that he was about to get married already being pregnant. And so then what happens? Well, I think there's two clues that we get from the Holy Family today that might help us see some really good news in the midst of it. Because maybe instead God is showing us that if love can't wait, it doesn't matter what your family looked like before you walked into the sanctuary today or whatever struggles was going on, that God continues to work through us regardless. Regardless. So the first hint that we get about this good news is names and paying attention to names. I love talking to my brother-in-law about his work. It fascinates me. He assembles row crop sprayers down at Agco in Jackson, Minnesota. Does anybody know about Agco and some of the machines that they make? Yeah, right? Well, he works in the prototype building, too, so he's putting together the new stuff, right? The really interesting new machines, and he can't tell me anything about it. (laughs) What he can tell me about, though, is the guys that he works with, you know, like Slim, Gary, One Leg. (laughs) He has a nickname for all of his coworkers, right? They They all got a nickname. We use nicknames all the time because a nickname just simply points us to a larger story. His name isn't Gary. He got the name Gary because it was part of a larger story. And so this is what Matthew does. He says, hey, this is Joseph. He is a son of David. Pay attention now, Matthew is saying. And so when it comes to a son of David, well, does anyone near know who David is? Who is David? He was a king, a famous king back from Israel's day, right? A famous king back from Israel's day. And it's interesting as you get into David's story a little bit because he was a great king when he started out and then he kind of crashed and burned with this relationship that he had with Bathsheba. But before he became king, before he became famous... He was something else. Does anyone remember what David's first job was? He was a shepherd. 
That's right. He was a shepherd. And when they were looking for David to make him king, they didn't know who it was. And so the, God tells Samuel to come to this family, to Jesse's family, and says, okay, bring out your sons. One of these boys is going to be the next king of Israel. I don't know which one it is, but God's going to whisper in my ear. And so the sons all pr- walk by. Samuel's like, well, this guy's looking pretty strong. He probably could be a king. Nope, not him. And all seven brothers go by, except for one. Samuel says, there's got to be one more. Is there any more? And Jesse, the dad, says, oh, yeah, there is. The runt. The runt. Well, where is he? He's out with the sheep, taking care of them. Well, I... Let bring him in. Let's see if this is the one. And when David walks in the room, it's like electricity goes through the place. Why? Because, because God has whispered into Samuel's ear some powerful advice. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face, but God looks into the can you see why this nickname becomes so important? It's a reminder that God has looked into the heart of David, that God has looked into the heart of Joseph, and that God is going to look into the heart of you and me. And what does God see there? God sees struggle. God sees brokenness. God sees Something so beloved and precious inside each and every one of us that God says love can't wait. So what does God do? God sends an angel to Joseph who says, don't be afraid, Joseph. I know this is not how things are supposed to work. But I want you to take Mary as your wife because she's going to need your support. God, I have a plan for that child. I have a plan for that child. And I want you to even name that child. You're going to name that child Jesus. Why? Because you're going to adopt him. And when he's a part of your family, God is going to do amazing things through him. And I look at your heart. And I looked at David's heart, and I look at our hearts, and I see something that says love can't wait. So church, what do we do with this story? (laughs) The story of this messy family, the story with this man who's trying his best, given all that life has thrown at him, trying to lean on his faith to understand what to do. What do we do with this story? My hope and prayer is that in the next coming week that you can find one moment that you might know deep in your bones the way Joseph did, that love can't wait. And so you will do what it takes to show what that love can't wait here. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Um... There's a, a woman named Kim who, when she was nine, year old, nine years old, her parents got divorced. Um, when she was 19, she lost her mom to liver cancer. But as she was growing up, Kim watched her mom become a nurse. <laughs> and being a nurse so inspired Kim's life that she wanted to use her gifts and skills to do that same thing. And so what did she do? Well, she became a pediatric nurse. 
as she got older, she realized through a lot of self-discovery and testing that she herself was not going to be able to have children of her own. And in that moment, she almost experienced an angel. <laughs> a coworker is wheeling a stroller down the uh, unit that she was working on, and in the stroller was this little girl. And she looks at her and says, who is this angel? Literally. And her coworker said, well, this is Giselle. Giselle was five months old. She had not left the hospital yet um, because when she was born, it was premature. It was with a feeding tube. And she was trying to slowly wean, getting uh, weaned off of methamphetamines because her mom had taken that when she was pregnant. Parents couldn't take care of her, couldn't show up. And it was as if Kim knew in her bones that love couldn't wait. And so she saw that baby and, and something clicked for her that she decided to become her foster mom. And then 533 days later, Kim said, love can't wait. And so Giselle becomes a part of Kim's life permanently as her adopted mom to realize that love can't wait. And friends, I hope that you hear God whispering in your, your ear, I know your name and love can't wait. I know your story and love can't wait. I know your hurt and love can't wait. I know who you are and so I will send even my son Jesus to live, die on the cross, be raised from the dead for the forgiveness of our sins so that you can know without a doubt that love can't wait, that joy can't wait, that peace can't wait, that hope can't wait in this moment for you. Why? All of this God has done so that we may be God's own, adopted into God's family by what Jesus has done for us. All this God has done so that we may be God's own. And this is such good news for my family who has felt so far away. Maybe for your family. I know it's good news for me. And I pray that it's good news for you too. So as you head into this Christmas season and the black sheep of your family shows up with liquor on their breath to your Christmas table. Make room for them, church, because love can't wait. When that Mary and Joseph and their messy relationship and marriage, they show up at your Christmas table, make room for them because love can't wait. Friends, Jesus is almost here. Make room because love can't wait. Would you pray with me? Loving God, we feel like there's sometimes so many strings attached to your love that we have to do something or have our act together. And you show us time and time again that you will work through the most complicated families, the most difficult situations, just to show us that your love won't wait, that you have come for each and every one of us here today. So on the doorstep of Christmas, Lord, 
Help us see that deep in our bones and name the places in our world where love can't wait. Lord, and if it's us, we just thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray.